smart. Yeah, but are you ready to have a good ass show? All right. All right, and here we are. We're back again. It's another edition. It's another episode of my show. And who do you really love? Well, that's sure to be in question. My Mount Rushmore is this guy with four different expressions. It's him. It's this guy over here. <laughs> that, there it is. That one takes the cake. He's, of course, referring to me, Alex. Uh, it's officially the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> To my face, for sure. Maybe somebody say nice things behind my back, but I didn't hear them. I haven't said it um, about your face. I mean, I'm just saying that that the nicest guy in the world is that guy right over there. Jake, how's it going? What's happening, everybody? It's it's the two of us for the full show again after um, our our interview with an interesting zoo. Uh, <laughs> wow, Dude. an interesting zoo. There's so many Z's in his name. <laughs> Zaid Abdul Aziz, uh, we uh, we interviewed him last week, and it was it's a, a heck of a show. Go check it out. Go get up on that and check out our archives and all that goodness. And if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to find it, you know, if they if the format that they're listening on right now isn't their jammy, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go to find it? A different one. Yeah, we cover them all. We, we do cover them all. We're out here. We're on the Instagrams. We're on the Facebook. Red Arrow Productions. Uh, you hit us up on, on, on Twitter at Red Arrow P. We're, I mean, uh, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, all at my show with Alex and Jake. Uh, Patreon Red, uh, is, is, is Red Arrow Productions. You can find us. Uh, we, we run the Impactful Panels Instagram page. We got Red Arrow Deep South posting all the memes and hilarious stuff that you and I think but don't have the time to do ourselves. We can't. We're busy and we, and we can't stuff. say it. We can't say yeah. it. Yeah. So it's not okay. I'm saying, we're, we're around. We're around and we're not hiding. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to say I, I got bored the other day. I was sitting around on my, my break at work and I just decided to Google my show with Alex and Jake just to see what would happen. And our RSS feed has been picked up basically everywhere podcasts are. So if you are listening to a different podcast on a different format that you like better, go get that shit. We're on that too. Come on now. That's what I'm saying. So, but I, I want to, I want to broach a topic. I want to bring it up. You weren't ready for this. I didn't prep you, uh, but, but I'm hot. I'm hot about hot. this. Um, and, and this falls under the news category. So news, 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 news. So apparently Google has decided that they're going to build a censored search engine for China. Yep. I heard about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. I don't care. I, I see. I, the, it's the whole this, the whole censorship issue for me. I don't. I understand, but you, but I, I, and I feel the same. We we have very very similar, if not identical, views on censorship. But we also don't live in communist China, where the government runs everything. Like that. That's the difference. Is it the the thing about a censored internet, like like search engine or browser in China, is that it's still more than they have now. Like, I, yeah, I guess I'm accessing the internet in China. You're doing some sort of dark web bullshit that you're it's super illegal, probably even in this country. <laughs> so you aren't going to face censorship anyway. Everybody else, the rest of the billion people there probably have little to no access to internet on a daily basis. So even a censored one where nothing bad about China or, or anything great about America shows up, 
guess what? It's still better than what what they're what they have now. Like it's still an improvement. So so what you're saying is that is that getting half of something is better than getting all of nothing. Exactly, fifty percent of something is better than a hundred percent of nothing. Uh, I mean, you, except for like maybe STDs. I don't want. Yeah, any I want a. I have a hundred percent of no STDs, and I'm super cool with that. That's the <laughs> that one's the good one. But I'm. I, I think. I, I I understand. I've I've read some articles. There's some backlash saying you know basically. I, I've seen some articles kind of professionally calling Google out as kind of you know being being the little bitch in the scenario and caving and stuff and. And the government of China said, you're going to do this. And they said, okay, kind of a thing. But I still believe that right or wrong, good or bad, it is, it is at least a baby step in the right direction. That's, that's, that's a fair way to look at it. I was looking at it from a perspective of, man, I'll be doing that nonsense. Get that out of here. But I you, you, totally, you, totally. you bring, you bring a compelling argument and I, I tend, I tend to agree with it. I'm saying if I if I were to take the time to like travel to to Hong Kong or Beijing or Shanghai or something like that and do the touristy thing and see the cool stuff, I'd be pretty pissed that certain Wikipedia articles don't come up on my Google search when I'm traveling international. Yeah, but, if you want to Google China is dumb, like there are no results. Right. That would be annoying, but that's from my very very American standpoint of the internet gives me whatever I want. Fair. That's fair. Right? So it's like, I mean, that's the same thing. Like, it would be messed up if they, if Google did the same thing for, like, North Korea. But North Korea doesn't have the internet. So even a censored internet is progress. I, I have actually used the uh, North Korean operating system on a virtual machine. And it is, it's, it's awful. I don't, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's, it's bizarre. So a, a censored Google search is an improvement fair that's, but that's that's where i went with it all right well you, you cooled down the heat i'm not so <laughs> i'm not so hot about it i'm looking outside and it's like 64 degrees it's lovely so well, can i interrupt for one second I, we we try not to talk about weather small talk and weather stuff is is not our game you talk but about I'm weather going, when you don't know what you're talking about what to talk right, about and i'm gonna go one second one tangent because all i've heard today because pacific northwest right from portland to seattle it's real similar climates. We don't get a lot of really hot days, and when we do, people complain, and then it rains the rest of the time, and people complain about that, right? Naturally. But people like today, to complain. Today in Portland, it was, a, I mean, we'll call it about 70 degrees, within three degrees in either direction, right? And everybody was like, oh, my God, this is so nice. The heat wave is finally over. It was, like, it was four is, days. First off, A, it was only four days, and B, this is the beginning of August. <laughs> it gets hotter between now and mid-September, people. Like, the heat wave isn't over. We caught the very beginning of it. It is going to be 100 degrees for the next 20 days. And we're probably going to die, every like, last one of us. Get, like, for everyone to just, it, like, oh, my God, winter's here now. The rain is coming. We're so happy. No, it's not. No. Nope. It's not. <laughs> it's going to suck for a month and a half because welcome to August and September in the Pacific Northwest. Exactly. But anyway, sorry, I yeah. just I, I heard it too much today. You heard it too much. But uh, so, so nice. I there's another volume in the search yeah. for Sin City. The the Sin City saga continues. The Sin City saga continues. And I've made another purchase mm -hmm. and am no closer to completing my my <laughs> <laughs> my mural back. I did, I did get 
I did get a picture uh, as as like a as like a pre preliminary uh, a taste of this whole thing. But pl- tell tell me the deets. Break this down. So I'm on eBay, and you know eBay. I love shopping on eBay. You get a lot of great stuff for pretty cheap. And there's a dude who's in Lake Stevens, which is about an hour up the road from me. And he's selling a, just a bunch of comics. His name's like DC Comic Collector Guy or something like that. And power seller, 16,000 positive, like, dude's legit. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I'm going through the, the stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, here's... Because naturally, I was looking for Volume 2, Volume 3 of Sin City. And... Mural back. Yeah, specifically the mural back. And so... I, I find it, I see it, I know, I'm like, yes, I recognize that as a volume I'm looking for. And I go through, I look at the description, and it says 9.0 out of 10. Mm-hmm. That, that's very important. 9.0 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And, and I go, okay, cool, I'm going to bid on this. And this this is a kind of dude who does nine-day auctions. Is that a thing? I yeah, they're so long. They're, they're at least a week. But he, it's just like, it's out there for a week, and the books never sell for anything more than like six bucks. So, so he's like p- pushing all this out a week for like a six dollar sale, and it's the same price he would have made six days ago. Right. <laughs> and I know this because I'm the one who bid on it six days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I finally get it back. The book's home. I pick it up and I look at it, and I'm like, yes, I got volume three. I'm one step closer. And I, I make room on the shelf, and I slide it in right next to four, and I'm looking at it, and I'm admiring it, and I, I just I look at it for a little bit, and, and suddenly something doesn't seem right. <laughs> something's not something's not okay, and I I just I can't put my finger on what it is, but I'm looking at the book, and I'll I'll show you, and I'll take a picture, I'll post this on on our social media later, so. By looking at the front of this book, as you can see, bright red. Yes. Right? And I was just looking bright at... Red. Bright red. And I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm going, one. Where's the three? Okay, three, four, five, six, seven. And I look at the at the edge, and I think, oh, it must be this, this light champagne color. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You can barely see the three in there. And they're yeah, like, barely. Oh, barely. Barely see the yeah. three. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. I was like, wait a minute. So... Something's amiss. This do this don't add up. And so I like suddenly now I've got the the heart palpitations. You know the dun 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 dun. I'm like, have I been taken? Have I been played for a fool here? Yes. Yes, I have. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's the theme of this show. Um. So I look online and I see that one, two, and three are all that same bright red on the spine. And, and once again, I just look at this book with such disdain and disgust. I don't want it. And, and the guy, and so I send him a message. I'm like, bro, it's got really bad sun bleaching. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying this is a nine? This is absurd. Like, can I just send it back to you? Like, I don't want this. And like, he's just like, how about I just refund you a couple dollars? And I was just like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not good for either of us but fine so now the book sits next to two 
where it doesn't, where, you know, just on top of the other comics, away from the, you know, they're the long lost redheaded, not redheaded stepchildren that don't belong. Bleach blonde. (laughs) Champagne haired. Get out of here with that. And ah. Out of here. So the the saga of the search for Sin City continues. (laughs) It rages on. That is awesome. Like, oh. Gotcha. So there's a red one, maybe a blue, yellow, champagne. This all kind of makes sense, but not. Re- oh, I see what happened there. He didn't take care of it at all. <laughs> exactly. Like someone. No, no, no. Everything about it is perfect, except for that terrible thing. It's a nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it would have been a ten if it was the right color. <laughs> like. That's like that's like me going on a dating site and being like, ladies, I'm a nine out of ten. I'm missing a leg, but the rest of me is perfect. No, it, essentially, if you were to go on dates, it's like I'm engaged, but the rest of me is perfect. <laughs> the rest of me is perfect. Ha <laughs> Success. Success. Oh it's man. Only six dollars. So I'm only. It works. It works. And, and that was like he he offered me a couple dollars back because I was making. I was like, dude, I'm gonna make you pay for the return shipping on this. And at that point, he's just like, all right, dude, just two, here's $2. Shut up. I was like, $2 is enough money to tell you to shut up. Okay. For the record, I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah, not, that's not your price. No, well, you said it. You said, I have, I have recorded and forever internet available proof. Nope, nope. That got edited out real fast. To tell Jake to shut up. Yeah, not for you, for that guy. Nope. Because he owed me. It was different. <laughs> No, I'm gonna have to consult my lawyer on this, and uh, we'll be back. Your lawyer is my lawyer. <laughs> partners. We have the same lawyer. There's a conflict of interest if you negotiate with your lawyer. Well, I mean, Saul Goodman represented both Jesse and Walt. Yeah, uh, on matters involving meth and the distribution <laughs> and manufacturing thereof. Well, I mean, it, we're tr- we're manufacturing something equally as addictive. An incredible podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm playing it. I'm going to put a crowd noise there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, oh, man. So, so uh, I'm going to. Uh, so we, we, we teased last week before our uh, interview with interesting dude. Well, hold, hold the phone. Hold the phone, no, Tyrone. I, I, no. I, I, are you are you going where I think you're going with this? Are you jumping in or are you doing your jam? Let me go. Okay. Let me go. You do you. You can't chain me. I'm a free bird. Okay. And this bird you cannot chain. Boom. So what I'm asking you, Jake, okay, is do we want to go from from what you spoke of into what we teased, or do we need to get do we need to get intellectual for a little bit? Do we want to take it? Do we want to go low key before we light the fire, or are we lighting the fire and then we're gonna douse that out and let those embers just smolder there? Well, I mean, all I know is that we didn't start the fire. It's always been burning since the world's been turning. Uh, I th- I think that a bridge is better if we go to the the thoughtful thing where we we talk about the intellectuality of the intellectualness sees. S- s- there it is. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I was thinking about, uh, and and it and it happened it was like uh, I was just driving around, uh, doing doing the things that I do in a car. Driving, texting. Uh, yep, listening to podcasts and musics. And I started thinking about 
Uh, music specifically, uh, a song came on that I that I thoroughly enjoy myself, and uh, I started to think. You know, my brain not doesn't always, but will will very uh, often wander to how does this song, you know, stack up in some sort of like a like a a, a movie scene, right? A TV show okay. setting. Okay. Yeah, I do that from time to time. People people do that. I mean, the entire basis of of the movie Baby Driver was Edgar Wright heard one song and thought this would be really cool in a car chase scene and then made a two-hour masterpiece because of that idea. So it happens to many people, I'm sure. And then I thought, well, you and I have kind of made the the choice, the decision, the the, the whatever, the what have you, to, to focus at least initially on, on the comic book medium specifically and i don't know if you you're familiar with comics but there's no sound what with with comics right right uh and i and and it made me think like quentin tarantino will talk ad nauseum about how important the soundtracks are to him to his movies right every song is picked for a specific reason used in a specific scene all of that right and you and i have and all other comic book writers and artists and everybody have chosen to very specifically ignore one of the five senses. I, you know, I'm not necessarily so sure. I agree that we're ignoring that sense. I mean, especially with with lettering, right? So you see an explosion on the on the page, and the giant word "fwabwoom" is just yes. plastered across the screen, mm-hmm. and then in your head you just go. Boom, and you're like, oh, that's what that sounded like. Right. You're totally correct. That being said, what soundtrack was playing when the boom happened? I didn't have a soundtrack. Exactly. We're completely ignoring an entire outlet for like artistic expression with comics. Right. It's not a bad thing. This isn't a criticism of comics. I love comics. I'm gonna. I want to write comics. I hope we publish a billion of them. Like this isn't bad. This is like when we talk about golf not being a sport. We both like golf. Right. It's just not a sport. True. Comics are great. There's just no sound. You There's just no sound. It, you every just can't girl, press play. Every girl in every comic I've read sounds a lot like this. Hey, hey guys, you want to come over here? <laughs> and then all of the guys who respond to her in the comic sound like this. Yeah, man, I totally want to come over there. That sounds like a great idea. Do you see how they have the same voice? Because it's mine. You see, it's it's funny to me because <laughs> I when I read a comic, I read it differently. Like, um, for instance, when I read Just a Pilgrim by Garth Ennis, I read because the the dude speaks in a in a dialect, and so you have you naturally kind of read, ma'am, you know, when he was going down to the down to the homestead. I, you kind of pick that up, and I don't know. I do accents in my head. I do accents all all the time really but um <laughs> but you know like when i'm reading a book i i mean my i do have a girl voice and it's usually wow that's amazing doctor i mean as you as you guys Some have heard mouse <laughs> exactly because i can't all think girls. i can't think i can't think in a woman's voice it just doesn't Wait. work in there so so to to a little bit of what uh, of my thought process not my point i'm not trying to make a point but my thought process is we really what you are. just said is that Every girl that you read is, hey guys, 
you want to come over here? And the other girl in the scene's like, yeah, I do. That sounds awesome. And then the third girl in the scene's like, we should go over there right now. It's and essentially, yeah, it's essentially the uh, the teen girl squad. Right. Where you go, you go to all the dudes, if they don't have a dialect or an accent, are all like, yeah, we should follow those girls. You're definitely right, Billy. Over there sounds great. Yes, Kyle and Billy, great idea. Like, it's all... It's all always the same. Unless you're fat, and then your voice kind of sounds like this. <laughs> I just imagine all fat people are eating always, even when they're not drawn having food. Right. So their dialect is my voice, but with um um um. Yeah, man. Um um um. We should. Um, 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 chomp chomp um, chomp. Yeah. There. I I don't know. Like when I read, I don't know though, because like when I read Chew, like I kind of I kind of read Tony Chew. His voice is kind of like being like this when he's walking around. I don't know. Like he's suspicious of everybody when he's when he's talking, you know. Like I don't know. He's like, I might have to bite that guy. I, I, might, I might have to eat that head. Like, <laughs> I and that that to me is an interesting concept as well. That you you attempt whether you I mean maybe it's a conscious or subconscious decision, but your characters you try to to characterize them with different dialects and voices and stuff that in your head like oh that's what that guy sounds like where i i take i don't know maybe i'm maybe i read comics in like a in a in a more a to b fashion than you right like the dialogue is important it's it's i think it's the most important part of the comic naturally you would but but the but how the dialogue is is quote supposed to be read is not important at all like I read Walking Dead. I, I pre-order that stuff. I get it the day it comes out. I read the newest volume, the next six issues of Walking Dead, immediately upon release. And Rick Grimes doesn't sound like a guy from, like, Kentucky. I think he's from Kentucky. It takes place kind of in Atlanta, but they lived in Kentucky or something like that. He doesn't sound like a southern, like, cop to me. He's just... He's just a badass zombie killer who's named Rick Grimes. Like, so hey, I'm Rick I, Grimes. I, I, something that I find interesting, and this is this is something that I do. I don't know about you, um, but I, the the character I most closely identify with often gets voiced by me in the comics. Which is why it's usually a girl. Burn. Keep going. Well, I'm, that's that's the what I had to say about that. <laughs> thing is is it's it's the same i kind of do the same thing um like like reading through the 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 game of thrones books right they used a lot of of made-up words lord of the rings is the same most fantasy and sci-fi books use made-up shit through from beginning to end right right they're talking about their darjeeling flux capacitor of jagabugaboo right i in my brain my brain will will like take the word and kind of like the shape of the word, you know. Oh, it's capital D and then X and there's a Y over here and there's a Z at the end, right? Right. My brain will snap snapshot that word, put it in in the 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 memory banks, and I'll pick out through context what they're talking about. It's like, oh, got it. That's a type of gun. In this particular story, that's a gun. So you see the word as a pictograph, and every time you see that pictograph, you replace it with gun. Gun. That's just gun. Hand me the gun. And 
And so it, it's like if I don't know what the made-up thing is or that word is, I pick – I use contextual clues to figure it out, and then I don't care. Like, you just like I, skip it? <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce any of the Game of Thrones characters' names that weren't like Rob and Ned until like, <laughs> the show came out or I listened to the audio book. You know what I mean? That and then was, even the audio book was different than the TV show. They were both different, and I kind of – I got to pick and choose. I was like, oh – I like how they say that word, but I like how the show says that name. Ha ha, I win. But reading the books, right? Like Targaryen wasn't Targaryen. May as well have been fucking Mike. <laughs> it was just, yeah, basically I was like, oh, T. Oh, the T's are coming. Gotcha. The, oh, this, the T's got their ass beat. The, the scary dudes with the, the, the Cal Drago guy. Yeah, they're coming. Exactly. Like that's. That's how, and, and I think that I read comics the same way in that the, the way their voice sounds to me is, is not important. What's important is the actual words that they're saying, right? Right. So I don't – my brain doesn't give voices. Like, it, like when we read our issues as we have in the past, like we'll kind of try to do a little bit of voicing here and there and kind of switch it up because it's funny and entertaining. But – when I sit down and, and proofread our own scripts, everybody is my voice. You see, this is why you had me do the voices and sound effects when we read through the comics. Well, that's because there was way more narration. So, <laughs> fair. I and mean, I actually read more lines. <clears throat> hey, you know, that's fair. <laughs> I was being greedy. I wanted the, the airtime. He wanted, he wanted it to be the Alex show. Yes. Fair. The Alex show with Jake reading some stuff. With Jake you, talking like this for half an hour. <laughs> So, hit siren time. Wee wee wee. Spoiler alerts from here on out. Yes. You I'm have. Like, you are being. Off. If uh, for the following things, we are talking yes. about Ant Man and the Wasp, and I know that's not, and that, I know that's not how you say it, but it's fun to say it that way. Um, we are talking about Last Chance You. Last chance you. And I'm going to be talking about Sorry to Bother You. So I would like I request officially if 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 you allow to sandwich Last Chance You because I I have not yet seen Ant Man in the Wows in the Wows so I'm gonna have some some sort of Marvel related contributions to it because I've seen all of the rest of the the okay. visual library. All right, yeah, that's let's I, do that. We'll start with Ant Man in the Wows, and then we go into Last Chance You because we both have hot takes. We're both hot. We're both hot about it. I'm heating back one. up. What's the final one? Bo bother you? Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. I have no idea what that is. So I'm just going to listen like I'm the listener. Well, I, you're, going, you're going to be contributing to that conversation too because you're definitely going to have takes on what I have to say. So like, that's, that's fair. That's, that's a fact. Your takes, my reactions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, there's really not a whole lot to say about it. If you like Ant-Man, you'll like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, so if you're a Paul Rudd fan, it's a good movie. Yeah, and that's actually what I've what I've come to discover <laughs> is that Paul Rudd is like in my top three of comedic actors these days. Like I I love Paul Rudd. It's a solid dude. Like, I mean, every everything he does wild. makes me laugh. I don't know, <laughs> like I don't yeah, know what like, it is. He's he's able to play like the 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 straight guy in the comedy that also makes you laugh and also be like the goofy nitwit. Right. 
He can both. go. He can play both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. and and it seems yeah. like anything like like I said, every little facial like twinge that he does, it's always so well timed. I, I I just think he's hysterical. He's one of my top three. But what I'm mad about, mm-hmm. oh boy. Oh, the hands, the hands, the hands are rubbing. <laughs> hands, hands are rubbing, rubbing. together. Okay. Um, <clears throat> at the very at in the post the post uh credit scene. Oh. So they discovered that they can go back to the the whatever realm. Help me out here. The the the, the quantum realm. Uh, you, yes. He, he can go okay. quantum. So he just dis- yes. they discovered that he can he can go back and forth, and they find Hank's wife while they're there, and they're gonna try to go get her and bring her. Like that's the whole point of the movie. Uh, okay. okay. So at the very end, after the credits, he's going quantum again to get some more sh- to get some more energy. Essentially, they're now farming in the quantum realm, and he's like, "All right, guys." Pull me out. Pull me out, guys. Guys, can you hear me? And of course, and then they pan and the music is doing all violin, high, high note, you know, the, the strings that let you know that intensity is building. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you pan out to San Francisco and Thanos has, has erased them. Yes. And, yes. and I'm so mad about this. Because what, like San Francisco just wasn't part of this intergalactic war that was going on? Like the Thanos is like, I'm gonna destroy the planet. I'm gonna go into Wakanda where they have secret hidden things that nobody knows about. But San Francisco is just doing whatever. It's too foggy. I'm not gonna go there. They're not gonna see my beard, like so, my space so, beard. This is this is this is my my uh, my attempt at a defense. For this. Yeah, you and better you better start swinging. I don't I don't at all I, I I can't say that I agree with what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna try, right? Devil's advocate. Okay. So one that the, the big thing is I mean we, we're talking about Marvel movies here, right? So like Wakanda is an intellectual property and San Francisco is well not. Well, so, uh, I'm gonna come back at you and say uh, neither is neither is neither is New York. No, I, uh, I, I. What I'm saying is, you can set the you can set the end of of Infinity War in Wakanda because Wakanda can be whatever you want it to be. If you imagine that final like back and forth between Thor and Thanos in a jungle, Wakanda can be a jungle. If you imagined it atop a waterfall at the edge of a cliff, Wakanda can be a, a waterfall at the edge of the cliff, right? W- Wakanda could be the bottom of a lake or some spaceship flying through the cloud. San Francisco is San Francisco. Like, at that point, Thanos has to snap his fingers on the Golden Gate Bridge or you're wasting it. Like, so I, I could see how in the context of Infinity War, which jumped all across the universe and the galaxy and multiple multiple planets and crazy stuff they wouldn't they didn't have time to focus on every major city in america yeah, but, but it seems like such it's such a flimsy excuse to not have had ant-man involved but it's the one that they 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 needed an excuse to keep him alive for the next one I just, I just don't see. I mean, I mean you're telling apparently like the reason he can't ever do anything is because he's on house arrest, right? So you're telling me that Shield doesn't have jurisdiction over the the San Francisco Police Department. <laughs> well, I would say, I mean, they've even made that and joke the, a, a couple of different times throughout the Marvel 
cinematic universe and i mean through the tv shows and netflix series and stuff that like people show up and they're like we're from shield and basic like law enforcement people are like wtf they're like and (laughs) what is what is shield like that's like me walking into a store and just proclaiming i'm from homeland security do you know what a homeland security badge looks like no if i just went online and spent two hundred dollars on like a legit metal badge and just showed up and was like, Homeland Security, I need to enter your home. You, uh, oh, no. Well, I'd be like, the right answer. I'd be like, habeas corpus, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those things. No like, quarter. Habeas corpus is court. I agree that it is, like, to put it at a post-credit scene is kind of lame. If they didn't, if they didn't somehow, like, like, um, allude to the fact that time had passed. The end of Ant-Man of the Wasp happens, the credits roll, and they've been farming in the quantum realm for so long, right? It's it's now a year later, um, uh, six months later, 10 years, whatever later, that they could have been like mining and doing their own thing, and, and then Thanos shows up, snaps his fingers, and the the group around Ant-Man doesn't have time to react and pull him out. That would make sense. Yeah, that's not how they played it. It's like, right. hey, the story it, ended, and we found out how to do this, and let's go do it now. And then it's like, snap fingers, and it's over. Right. That is a little too, you know, coincidence, ex machina type thing to, to for, for me to, to get on the believable side. I just, I think that... Like Infinity War Two or whatever they're gonna call it, is going to be like so massive that people people couldn't be in Infinity War that are going to be in Infinity War Two, and this was, I mean, to it was an easy way of leaving Ant Man out, but also leaving the door absolutely wide open with neon signs directing you to how he's going to be in for the next one you know i mean that that's a devil's advocate it's still poorly executed and that's the crux of my argument agreed agreed if you are if you are telling the whole truth to me as to how it was displayed in the movie i'm on your side and i would have walked out the theater with you going well, that was fucking lame. <laughs> but everything else was was great. Like I loved it. The the like, the, it's a very comedic, comedically done story. And I I think Ant Man is a good character to do comedy with. I'm not as down with with Thor as a comedy character, but the, they execute it well. Um, I wasn't down. I wasn't down with the idea of Thor being a funny character either. But I was definitely more down than the other two movies where he was super serious. Yeah, like Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I was just watching it uh, last night, and I'm just like, this movie is really funny, actually. Yeah, this is this is an entertaining movie. I watched half of the first Thor, was so bored I turned it off, and was so off-put by the first Thor that I have not seen Thor 2 Dark World. They Thor- all... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he he loses an eye, then you know he's got to get his his you know the powers within him. He's got to get his Michael's Michael's secret juice, Michael's special sauce. Yeah, Michael's special sauce. Like uh, I, you, cool. Yeah. I'm just telling you, Thor three, awesome. Ragnarok, hilarious. Piss off, Ghost might be my all time favorite Marvel movie line, ever. Piss off, Ghost. Yeah, that's the 
the first two Thors were terrible. Um, I can tell you that I'm still excited to get the opportunity to see Ant-Man and the Wasp myself. I mean, yeah, by all means, go and see it. Just, you know, when that scene happens, you've been warned. You've been spoiled. I've been spoiled. That's it. Ha! Spoiler! Pow! Hit it with the, hit it with the, the sticker. Spoiled. Yeah. Spoilered. So let's let's talk about let's talk a little footy ball. I came I came to the conclusion I found out the other day, and by the other day that could be any time between two days ago and twenty six years. So the other day I discovered that the third season of Last Chance You was on Netflix for our viewing pleasure, and we watched it, and boy do we have feelings. Oh my god. As as the millennials would tweet, O M F G, bruh. He just broke the internet. I can't. I I. Oh, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. So, so I'm gonna all of this discussion. I'm gonna say, is contingent on the assumption that the listener has seen the other two seasons of Last Chance You. Okay. Right. And so essentially, reference. yeah. If you don't care about Last Chance, you I'll put a I'll put a bump in the uh, the description to let you know where to go. So and it'll just say to get past the football bullshit. Cl- go to this point. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. Forty five seventeen is where we're done with with Last Chance. You. Well, maybe don't don't go to forty five seventeen. We might yeah. still be talking about Last Chance. You. That's true. Maybe we'll say forty five seventeen, but definitely still be talking just because. Haha, that's funny. Right. Um, We'll find out. So, I as as an avid watcher of, of all three seasons so far, I think I've watched I've watched both the first two seasons twice. Uh, I've only seen the third season once, but I'll probably watch it again, even though it infuriates me. Um, I will say that at the end of the second season, I was absolutely not a fan of of uh, was it Buddy Brad Stevens? Buddy Stevens, Coach Buddy. Buddy. He, he has been, we have talked about Coach Buddy Stevens before on this podcast. He is yes. on our Instagram. But Buddy Stevens uh, is, I mean, arguably the best junior college coach of all time and absolutely the worst football coach ever to exist. Right. And then I was introduced to Coach Jason Brown. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened, Jake? Oh, this dude, I, it's it's. I, that what happened? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I just—it was—it was because it was, we had the same reaction. We'll, we'll, we'll let we'll let him in. We'll peel back the curtain. We we both watched about what the first two two and a half, two like two and a half, half episodes. You like I t- you text me at the same point I text you. Yes, it was about two and a half episodes in, and it was like man, JB, which is what they refer to Coach Jason by. They call him JB. JB. Is a hundred percent and in every way better than Buddy Stevens. He's awesome. It's not even close. We are talking about a little kid failing to dunk on the little tykes basketball hoop and LeBron James throwing down over the top of Dwight Howard type not difference. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. I thought, oh my god, this is gonna be the best season ever. I hope we follow JB. To, to every school he goes to until he is kills himself or wins a Super Bowl. I don't care. This guy is amazing. Right. And then the second half of the third episode happened. And yeah, this dude is the kind of dude like he just he there there's a point where his players have begun openly mocking him like yeah. to each other like in practice and like 
how frequently like this dude talks about he's got four Cadillacs and a beach house in Malibu and all this stuff. And like he references it you know, like apropos of nothing. He, in the middle of, of a, a speech before a game, he's like, all right, guys, we're going to go out there. We're going to hit him in the mouth. Hey, I got four Cadillacs and a beach house in Malibu, so I don't give a, you know, I don't care what this guy has to say about me. Yeah. And what? you're like, what? What? Uh-huh. what? It, does, it doesn't, like, I'm a, I'm a fan, and, and I've run into this uh, as both the, um, what am I trying to say? The 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 leader and the follower, right? Of right. both of both sides, where a, a threat a threat can only be made so many times and not followed before it becomes not a threat anymore, and right. you don't care, right? And JB's reaction to everything is, "Get the fuck off my field! I don't need you. Go home. You're worthless. You need me. I don't need you." But he never cuts a player from the team he he if a player does walk off the field he chases them down or sends another coach to chase them down and bring them back and and hope that they stay he it's just everything is i don't need you i could do this by myself first off you can't welcome to football it's a team sport it takes 22 people to do it 23 if you count the coach like you can't do it by yourself jb that's why it's a team sport it's a team sport so shut up like it's you're not scaring anybody like the first time he because i remember in the in the in the series the first time he tells somebody like get the fuck out of here it's like like the kid kind of deserved it he was popping off doing stuff he shouldn't do and you're like right. oh man jb's gonna lay the hammer and cut this kid he doesn't go, take any crap yeah and every kid on the team is gonna be like oh our coach is real like this is legit like, we're gonna we're gonna go to battle for this man, right? And then he he doesn't cut the kid. Doesn't Nothing do happens. anything. The kid fails classes, gets bad grades, should be academically ineligible, and somehow is still showing up to practice in all the games. And that's the most. I think that's what? the most frustrating part of it is he spends most of the show talking about how they could win all the games all season, but if the kids don't graduate, he, he hasn't done his job. Like, that's a major theme in this show. Like, mm-hmm. and he's like, ah, you know, I'm the one who has to go around and make sure these kids are going to class and all that. Not true. He makes his other coaches do it. Yeah. Um, but so he spends all this time, you know, harping about how important it is that these kids get good grades and, and go to class and all this stuff. But there's never like, hey, if you don't go to class, you're not going to play Saturday. Well, guess who's suiting up Saturday? Everybody who didn't go to class because winning's important. Yes. And and then and then you you look at it if you if you break it down to if you take the personality out of it and the annoyance of all of that and you break it down to a pure like X's and O's perspective on football. The guy half the time doesn't seem to know what he's doing. No, it, the, he's he's one of the guys, and you know this is this isn't meant to be a shot at anybody, but right. he he reminds me of the coach at Sio High School, in the sense that he is so stubborn and so like this is the way I coach football, and this is the way it's going to be. Like I don't care what anybody thinks. It's fourth and thirteen from my own forty yard line, and I'm going for it. Because I've got the you know I've got the biggest pair on the field, and mm-hmm. that's and and he coaches and it's like uh, in Top Gun you f- you're flying with what's between your legs, not what's in your skull, and Bingo. that's the way JB coaches. And like there's like 
he, he there's there was one there was a point in it where he he ran like a, a wildcat offense like trick play kind of for thing. no reason for well it was it was like you could you my my thought was the the field position and everything that he decided to run that play actually is is pretty ingenious in that it's going to catch the other team off guard on like the their own three yard line or something real buried real deep but the prop the, the added problem to it is that it happened to be fourth down from their own three yard line with like 11 to go with like a minute and a half left in the game and they were only up by like, a field goal like now is not the time to bust out the trick play like punt play it safe get your defense back on the field and stop them from scoring a touchdown to win this game but he thinks well, they aren't expecting the wildcat, like, pass play. They'll never see it coming. It off, we're going to bust it for a billion yards and score 20 touchdowns. And he's absolutely right. They, The other team was not ready for it. But the problem is you put a wide receiver who's never thrown a pass in his life in a quarterback on fourth and 11 from his own three with the defense in full blitz. Like, because there... ready to swallow everyone. And he, oh, and he throws it over the top, out of the reach of the receiver, and it's over. The other team scores a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, what? I will say that I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Uh, the last game of the year, they're coming out to play whoever, who cares? And who cares you? And, uh, this, the dude, Bobby Bruce, like one of the guys that you follow throughout the show, um, he he wears like this bunny mask. It's got like bloody teeth. It's hard to describe. I'm, again, the the we'll have a gallery of things that we're referencing in this week's episode up on Instagram. Yes. Uh, but he's like he does something, and you know you expect to see the guy you know wearing the mask to like lead everybody out and like yeah this is who we are right you know that's typical. But he he like instead of that he walks out in front of the whole team and he just sits down on the on the field turf. And another dude stands behind him and puts his hands on his shoulders, and they just start like rocking back and forth. And I've got to say, that the the visual of that looked really, really cool. That that was that was a that was a it was definitely like I'm going to call it a moment, right? right? In, in that it wasn't it wasn't you know uh, scary or or motivational or inspiring or profound or anything like that, but it was a moment that. Will if you watch the entire series, it just seemed right. Yeah, it was perfect. It was the right choice for those two players to go do what they did. Yeah, and and, and it's um, and it's not anything. They didn't do anything inappropriate. It's not anything know. like that. No, they. But it was like it was the the baddest dude on the guy who had come up on defense. And the baddest dude on on offense, and they were just standing there, and they were just like, "Yeah, these are these are our boys, and we're coming too." Like it was, it was just it like that's the that's the message that it sent, and I thought that was really really cool. And it's like it, it was it was it was a good like like the drama of everything. It was a good ride, right? Yeah. As, as these reality shows are supposed to be, right? You you watch hard knocks or or all or nothing on amazon prime and that we're talking about nfl players and stuff and they do it's the same format you tune in for the dysfunction i mean let's be realistic like they're they're never they are never show you enough of the x's and o's 
for this to be any sort of like a, a, a coaching clinic, right? You don't you don't sit down and binge watch whatever it's been, 18 seasons of hard knocks, and you're ready to go coach D1 football. It doesn't work that way. Right. But you you do you you see enough of the sport that you love that you by like it or not, willing or unwilling, you start to connect with these these people they're following, these players, the coaches, some of them you like, some of you you don't. You start rooting for guys. And, you, you and you're like, oh, like, I hope that guy just, you know, that guy sucks. I hope not, yeah. you know. I hope they cut that guy. I hope that guy goes off for 14 sacks in the next game. I hope, I hope that guy, you know, leaves the school, transfers to a better school, and then goes pro, like. Yeah, and there are some of those dudes in this show. Like, there there are definitely people worth rooting for in in the third season of Last Chance U. A hundred percent, there are. I did like, uh, 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 you know, uh, what is it? The unabashed uh, self call it. Like, I was a big fan that there was some Oregon paraphernalia. Yeah, same. I I think I I was because uh, uh, when I watched it, I was snapping your brother. Snap. I talked to Bailey via Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, we were just going back and forth and I was saying, Oh, we got Oregon gear. Like it's mm-hmm. people all over the country seeing this Oregon gear. What up? I thought it was cool that, uh, for those of you who follow the ducks, uh, Terry Wilson, was it Terry Wilson? The third Ter- touchdown, Terry touchdown, Terry, uh, he transferred from Oregon to a school that was in the same like division as the school followed by last chance you. So you see touchdown Terry kind of he he tore it up a little bit. I mean and lost. I mean, he, I mean you can put lost. up a, you can put up numbers in a loss. I don't, you, you can get a thousand yards if you lose. You can do whatever. I don't care. Right. You and lost. So <laughs> you I got like, you got your ass beat, bro. You lost. <laughs> pretty. It was kind of cool to see like okay, like Oregon Oregon's out here recruiting guys that are when they when they don't when they can't make it at D one or they choose not to depending on their situation. They're going to premier level, like junior colleges and, and Division two schools because Oregon has risen to that echelon. Yeah, it's of, like of athletics. Yeah, the the athletes that go to Oregon are considered elite at any level. Like, <laughs> and that like that's kind of as a Duck fan, I was kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah, because I mean they're they're talking about Oregon in the same vein as they're talking about like Florida State and Alabama and stuff like that because you know it's like oh this kid went to Auburn this kid went to you know Texas Tech this kid went to Oregon as like yeah that's what's up yeah hundred percent I I was just I was I was so intrigued by this just as intrigued by this season as I was the other two unfortunately there wasn't um what was her name Miss Wagner Brittany Brittany Wagner. Miss Brittany. There wasn't the like the in, incredibly hot counselor to follow along, but there the counselor, the the teacher that they did follow. Was she was awesome. Just as just as engaging and and enthusiastic, and you were rooting for her to convince these kids, like I mean, that this was child, worth it. How do I reach these kids? Yeah. Like, well, well, I mean, she, she was crying. Dude, the, the one of my f- absolute favorite scenes in the entire show is when one of the football players drops drops an end bomb in the middle of class. Oh, dude, when she blew that kid up, I was like, "Oh, 
It's all over. She's the best. It, it, it was it was interesting. Like she she, she showed you know Emmett Till. She showed uh, a lynching to these kids in the middle of class, and you heard and like she said exactly what I would have said in this situation is like. The kid says to her, man, I don't want to see none of this. And she says, well, I don't want to hear that word in my classroom. And she's just and and I mean, for for those of you who haven't seen it, we're talking about like two African-American individuals, one a male football player, the other a female English teacher. Right. And she goes on a very, very like informative and and like correct, like all of everything she has says is is supported by historical evidence it's accurate to, yeah to tell him why using the n-word shouldn't shouldn't be acceptable even in the african-american community according to her own opinion right she uses historical evidence to support and you could tell at least for that class those kids were like whoa yeah, but you see, it it had, I mean, in the long run, it had no lasting impact. But right. like you said, at least in that moment, there was a difference made. At and least, like, at least, you know, they were, they weren't ignorant to the situation, you know, the student weren't, weren't ignorant to the situation as they may have been. Right. And it, and I, and, and I, I, I bet you there's a fair amount of, of, you know, editing and posts and stuff to maybe make, make every scene a little more intense, a little more dramatic, a little more funny, right? Naturally. Maybe, maybe there was more back and forth, you know, between the teacher and the student. Maybe, maybe there's a part where the student just blatantly said, "All of this is horseshit. I don't care," but they edit that out to make it seem like it's meaningful. That's possible. I don't know, but I can tell you that 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 call it eight minutes of the episode that is actually shown to us, the viewers, was. Riveting. It was an Im- impactful thing, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and and for for everybody because that it is, it, and and uh, Zaid talked about it a lot, and especially in his book, he also does the same sort of thing. Um, he has a picture of a lynching in his book, and he's like, I, I'm not hiding from anything. Like this is history, and right. this is our history, and it's not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, it's it's just interesting to to hear to hear that perspective from from those people. But uh, yeah, it's right. um, so and, and that actually bridges really nicely into Sorry to Bother You because um, first of all, it, Sorry to Bother You is a film about uh, a young black man living in Oakland who uh, gets a job as a telemarketer to pay the bills um, and discovers the power of his quote unquote white voice. Um, white. Voice. His white voice. Now, uh, okay. the I the name of the actor escapes me right now, but the the his white voice uh, was David Cross. So they do they in in this particular film you're talking about, they go full voice over. Yeah. So anytime he's using his quote his white voice, it's David Cross's voice that you're hearing. That's like having no context for the the film itself. That's actually pretty funny it's it is and and that's that's what the hook was for me that's what got me into the theater to see this movie um naturally what what it turned into was a a bunch of a bunch of allegories that they didn't finish um there's i mean i again huge spoilers they 
essentially there is a giant mega corporation that is trading in slavery. Like it's, I mean, it's a giant allegory about how corporations are bad and ruining the fabric of our society, so on and so forth. Congratulations. Good job. Like you got that one out there. We got that one taken care of. Amazon's bad. We get it. Um, <laughs> yep. And, and so, but it's essentially this guy becomes a power caller by using his white voice and becoming this really good telemarketer. Um, and then he gets brought up to be a power caller and finds out that he's actually working for the company that is selling slave labor to essentially Samsung. He's like, we'll make your cell or Apple because we'll make your phones half as for half the price, twice as fast. And like, Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's that whole thing. Meanwhile, his, his super, um, essentially a caricature of the Antifa movement girlfriend, um, is running around being the left eyes, uh, the left eyes, you know, the leftist left eyes. Um, yes. gotcha. Going around and, and spray painting all of these signs to say, hey, you know, working for this company is great. And it's like working for this company is rape is, you know, what she she just goes around ruining this. And gotcha. but and she's an artist. And what like this is something that I thought was really interesting. It was pointed out to me. I didn't catch it on on first viewing. Um, she uses her own, like she's, she is condemning him uh, for using this white voice saying you're not being true to who you are, you know, and, and this, I, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Like you're challenging him for, you know, he, you're not being true to yourself. Like you've made all this money. And like, at one point he wakes up and like, he says, good morning, honey. And it's in white voice. Oh, and so she's it's now bleeding over. Yeah. And she's like, you, okay. you can't do that. He's like, sorry, I didn't. Re-. He's like, sorry, I didn't realize. And so you're sitting there and they're setting up this story and you're like, oh, my God, this is getting this is getting somewhere. And then she does her art exhibit and she uses her own white voice. Oh, so there's a little hypocrisy in the relationship. Yeah, right. And so, be, you know, she's using it because she's up as a, as a, a black woman, as an artist. She's trying to communicate with all these rich white people, and she right. uses her white voice to do it. And they never follow up on that. Really? Yeah, they never follow up on it. Uh, it's just like that's like to me, that was probably the most interesting part of this movie before it went completely off the rails. And when I say it went completely off the rails, I mean it went completely off the rails. So, oh my God, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to repeat the lines from the movie, but I'll, I'll just say he he goes out and he finds he meets the dude who's in charge of this giant company, and they're having a, a cocaine party basically. Nice. And he's like. And he gets him. He's like, dude, you need to stop using the white voice. We don't care. Just let us hear it. Like, let's, you know what? You're black. I bet you can rap. Let's hear you rap, man. And so everybody just starts yelling, you know, rap, 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 rap. And it's just, he, he like tries to mumble something and people are like, yeah, whatever, dude. And then he's like, end shit, end shit, end, end, end shit. It's like over and over and over, and all the, this group of people just start repeating after him and just like shouting it out. And again, I'm like, wow, this is really interesting because here's this juxtaposition. It, it like it doesn't matter what he says, people will repeat it regardless of how like lewd and lascivious it is. Like people right. will repeat it, and they never follow up on that. 
So really? I haven't even gotten like it hasn't even we're still on the rails. Like the the conductor is looking at the train going, "Hey, this thing's going a little fast." We're yeah. still on the rails. Okay. So he does just an enormous amount of cocaine with this dude, like the the A number 1 Duke of New York. And he starts telling him about this, about how they're going to get more work out of fewer people. And they are literally turning people into um, anthropomorphic horses. Uh, like, like they, they, you're telling me within the context of the movie, they use like CG and other special effects to turn a person, they, a, a bipedal person into a quadrupedal horse thing. Bipedular horse thing. And they use practical effects. Okay. Okay. So... And this, uh, like, immediately, as soon as I saw this, I thought Animal Farm, and which, you know, then brought me back to the actual Boxer Revolution, which when they get to the very, very end in the post credit scene movie, you have the guy, you know, and, and this is actually really interesting, because remember how Adam would always talk about making a movie, and he wanted it to be like, everything's going to be great, and then at the very end, something bad happens, and it's all screwed up? Yes. So that's what they do in this movie. So he gets free, everything's fine. He in Detroit, that's his, his girlfriend's name because it's, quote, it's the most American thing her parents could think of. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what her name is. It's Detroit. And so you get through all this and they're finally back in their, their, one, their little hovel, but everything's fine now. And he's like, oh yeah, everything's great. I love you. I love you too. And then he's like, oh, oh. And he like puts his hand over his face and he's like, ah! And he turns into a horse. At the, like, that's the last image of the movie. And then you get, like, 15 seconds of credits, and he's beaten on the door, and he's like, Hey, it's me, I'm here to bust your ass up! And so I'm like, oh, it's the Boxer Revolution. It's Animal Farm. All animals are created equal, except, except some are more equal than others. Yeah, I've read this book already. <laughs> yeah, right? But, yeah, it's just, they had wow. so... And, and so he gets this video evidence, right, that they're turning people into these monstrosities. And, and again, here's something that's really interesting. There's a TV show called I Got the Shit Kicked Out of Me. <laughs> and people tune in to watch people just get the shit kicked out of them. And he's it's like... like it's, so, it's like, a, like a, mo- a, a hypothetical modern-day like bum fights. Right. They're, it's just a mockery of television. It's, okay. you know, they're, they're just like... It's, it's like the running man, essentially. Um, okay. It's like, hey, go on TV and get your ass kicked for a wonderful prize. And people are happy to do it. Right. Okay. So he, he gets this thing, and he knows that it's the most widely watched television program in the world. Right. Like this is the like everybody is going to be watching this. And so he has this evidence of these horse people because he leaves a cell phone and they're like, help, you need to help us. We're stuck down here. And you see the, the owner and it's this big reveal exposition. And uh, so he's like, OK, you like you ready to get the shit kicked out of you? He's like, yeah, but you're going to show my clip, right? They're like, yeah, we're going to show your clip. And so they they, you know, beat the crap out of him. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to show your clip. But first, you have to get dunked in the poop tank. And so he's standing there. And again, this is this is a good striking visual because you can get you can get the shit kicked out of you and drug through, you know, donkey crap. And people still aren't going to listen to your message if they don't care. Right. Which I which I thought, again, it's a great allegory for this movie in general, because I'm, I'm listening to other people in the theater while I'm watching it and people who aren't 
who are just like caught up in the moment, people who are stoned off in the corner and like, and it's really interesting to listen to different people talk about this movie when none of us really get what's going on. Right. Right. Like I, I'm getting different pieces than other people, but I'm certain that other people were getting pieces. Like, like I said, I didn't pick up on Detroit using her white voice. So I know that there's stuff in that movie that I didn't pick up, but those are the things that I got out of it. And it seems strange to me that in a movie with so many great things, like, interesting and important things to say they don't finish the sentence yeah that's frustrating that's like that's that's a frustrating idea it's it's actually like i would i would consider it a fear of mine when it comes to writing to to leave thing like leave questions unanswered right right i want at the end of every issue or every, you know, arc or every series that we do, it's it's answered, right? There's right. a difference, you know, if we're running if we're running a, a, a full series, right? There's a there's a overarching question that doesn't get answered till the end, but every issue has its own individual questions that are also answered. And the big and bad. To, yeah. To have to have uh, something like that where you have all of these great, intriguing ideas and concepts, and important and and, and relevant ideas and and yes. thoughts. And then to just drop the ball. But it's 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 almost not even dropping the ball. It's just holding on to it forever. It's like it, it, yeah, they just took a knee. <laughs> They're just like okay. I mean, I suggest yeah. seeing it. It's a it's a it's a good movie. It's just frustrating. <laughs> That that, wow! That is, un, like annoying. Does it? I mean, we're we're full spoilers at this point. Does it explain? Does it ever explain how they're turning into people people into horses? So that way it makes sense at the end. For yeah, uh, yeah, they do. The like they they do show that they're like, it, they they red herring you, and then they double red herring you because. You know, he does the cocaine and he shows him the video about how they do it. And it's like, yeah, you breathe it in through your nose. And he's like, oh, my God, what? Did you turn me into a horse? He's like, no, man, chill. It's just cocaine. Is this the best cocaine you've ever had in your life? That's why it's weird. And he's like, oh, got it. Okay. And so that's, you know, he he did, in fact, take the stuff. And so the, the giant super corporation made the choice to take their best like salesman guy, white voice dude, and turn him into a horse because Be, all they saw was a, a workhorse. Yeah. Because all they saw was a guy who could just work more. Yeah. Like, and that's and that's the that's the whole like mega corporation thing is it doesn't matter who you are, they just see you as a as another workhorse. Now, now my question is: Is the the owner of the corporation like a a, a Oh, a tall, skinny, bald guy? No, he's a, a oh. he is essentially the image of a white guy. He's just a white guy. He's a white guy. Like the most white guy you like I wouldn't be surprised if the actor who played that dude walks around in socks and sandals. Wow. <laughs> Full socks and sandals. Socks and and Tevas. I'm not talking like slides, like Dude's wearing, yeah, he's wearing Tevas and like the the field and stream wool socks with the blue toes. Wow. Yeah. That is. 
Uh, for the record, I I did uh, during this. I I IMDb'd the this show yes. because I was or this movie because You're, I was interested. Yeah. And the the actor who plays the main character, uh, Cassius Green, is the character. Yeah, name, and they call him is, Cash the entire time. And is yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, and he has been in uh, several other uh, movies that people would would probably recognize, such as Get Out. Oh, he was in Get Out. I haven't seen that yet. Ooh, Get Out is good. It's it's definitely good. I don't like that Get Out is classified as like a horror movie because it's definitely not. Like I know what happens in it, but I haven't seen it yet. But it is it it is it is thought provoking and very good. Um, he he also played uh, Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton. Okay, so, so he's Snoop he's Dogg, he's an up and comer in the in the in the Hollywood. What I think. Uh, Hollywood, quote unquote, Hollywood would consider the third main character in the uh, Donald or yeah Donald Glover show Atlanta on FX. Gotcha. Okay, so, so he's he's de- if he's working with uh, Dong Lover, then he's yes. definitely on the come up. And then um, I had to scroll through and I looked, and uh, Detroit's white voice is portrayed by Lily James, who is. Um, the girlfriend from Baby Driver. Oh, hey, oh, uh, go down and like just find the whitest guy on the screen, and that's the the dude from. <laughs> so there's two. There's as I scroll through, there's like two super white guys that come up. What are their names? Um, the character names are Johnny and, and uh, uh, Steve Lift. Steve Lift, that's the guy who's yeah. Steve Lift is the the gotcha. CEO. So if you've seen the Social Network, uh, Steve Lift is played by Army Hammer, who is the win- the Wondervoss twins. He is both. They superimpose his face on both actors. Um, he's absolutely super white. He's like <laughs> six foot four, probably two hundred and twenty pounds, at some sort of ridiculous eight percent body fat. Just keeps himself in incredible shape. He's got but like, not like he's not ripped. He's just in no, good shape. He's just in good shape, and he he speaks in the most perfect, diction. perfectly enunciated, yeah. plain white guy English you've ever heard. Just hi, I would definitely like for you to come over to my house this evening and enjoy dinner with me. Yeah, pretty and much. Like everything that I've seen him in, he was also the Lone Ranger in the Lone Ranger reboot with Johnny Depp, where huh. Johnny Depp played. Captain Jack Sparrow, but in body paint. You see, the the whole time I thought that Johnny Depp was actually the Lone Ranger, and I never <laughs> saw that. I never saw that movie because no. I was like, well, Johnny Depp couldn't be the Lone Ranger, like Tonto, maybe. <laughs> he's definitely supposed to be Tonto, but he plays Tonto like he's Captain Jack Sparrow, having fallen into a vat of paint. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. But yes, uh, the you you called it. Army Hammer is a pretty like white. Guy, I don't even want to call him a dude. He's just a white guy. He's just a white guy. He's a guy. But all right, so yeah. that's but yeah, like go see it. But it's it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a movie worth seeing. Um, you know, you don't have to see it in the theater. I had I had movie pass. I don't know how much longer I'll have movie pass. I don't know how much longer any of us will have movie pass. But. Fair. 
But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, go see it. Like, check it out. See what you think about it. Tell me if tell me if I'm off base. Tell me if I missed something. I would love to have a conversation about this movie with someone who's seen it, because it, I do think it has a lot of interesting things to say. And I just I don't know. You know, I I went and saw it. It had only been out for two weeks, and there were only like eleven people in the theater. So right, real independent, low budget. Not widely marketed film. Exactly, but I caught a preview and I was like, "That intrigues me," and I've got to see it. So, hmm. but yeah. So hey, you know these people, I th- they could have been anywhere in the world, True. but you know what they did? They spent their time here with us. We appreciate that. We know we got a little little serious there, but you know we want to thank you for for sticking it out. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on all of our social medias, every single last one of them. Find us wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. For this episode, this edition of my show with Alex and Jake, good night, universe. Podcast.